1: Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
2: Um, yeah, we're uh, we're having trouble starting the games on time,
3: and um, bit us again. Um, and then I just think when we got down. You know, we we're trying to find any sign of life, and. Um, you know we get one there in the second and then you know we battle back and then you're finally in a game and then but we just we just shot ourselves in the foot um too much too early and and weren't able to claw our way back
1: Red Wings over the Sabres last night and the losing streak is now at four for Buffalo. And it's probably still Howard Simon's fault, but uh maybe maybe it <laughs> Don't goes. Don't blame that. it
3: on Howard. Well, <laughs> Howard's
1: got one more to go, from what I understand. I mean, that's it, yes. you know, I, I, this is uh these are cap considerations, Marty. You know, sometimes you have to be placed on injured reserve and then can't be activated for a while. Um, and then you obviously also have to worry about the dollar figure. So that comes with someone as legendary as Howard. So these these are all things at play right now. But I can only assure you this, that Howard will be <laughs> in the studio chair on Thursday when yes. Buffalo tries to snap out of this losing streak as they roll into Boston tomorrow. But first things first, what happened last night?
3: Okay. Well, I mean, first things first, um, first periods. and And look, I know we keep talking about first periods. But now it's getting to the point where it is the big, big, bigger picture is like, you know, it's an issue. Why are you not correcting it systematically or compete or whatnot? Right. I mean, we heard Kevin Adams talk about it the other day. He says it's about compete. Mm -hmm. And the first half of the game. There was not that compete. There was turnovers in the first minute. There was guys left alone in front of the net. There was no none of that. I'm gonna grab like the bull by the horn. I'm gonna go. And I don't care if I make mistakes because I grab a guy by you know in front of the net and I push him down and knock him down and then whatever. Like be that over-aggressive nature. And I get it, I get it. Everybody's on pins and needles. Everybody's a little skettish. Everybody's a little defensive. Everybody's a little like this is not going well. But go the other way, especially in first period. Give yourself a chance. Now, I I just like for the heck of it, I was like, okay, what did the last seven games first period wise look like? Because this has been an issue. We go back to the Washington game when the Sabres scored first, but the last seven games, it, it was six of the seven games, the Sabres did not score first. And the one game they scored first was against the Rangers, but technically they did not score first. They had a good goal disallowed on the Rangers that should have counted. So I'm going to throw that one into seven of the last seven games. You did not score first. Yeah, the record will show different, but like that, that's part of the game. You, you, you can't. So not scoring first often also means you give up the first goal, right? It's the same thing. So I'm going to say, well, I'm gonna look at my position as a goaltender, and you obviously know your team's gonna be under pressure. You gotta be squeaky clean. You cannot make mistakes. You can. And, and look, would I blame Eric Comrie on the on the first couple of goals? Like Larkins in the slot, boom, it's in the back of the net. There's a rebound. You know, it's in the back of the net. No, I'm not gonna blame him. But mentally, you gotta you gotta fight it. You gotta fight through it. And I don't care if you say, well, maybe the puck hit the mesh, right? You don't stop playing. You're in your right. zone. Like, I don't care if it hit the mesh. I like, it's hard to see. I don't know. I'm looking at one replay from behind the net. We can't tell, but I, I, I
1: didn't think it did honestly. Uh, on the one high angle that they showed, I, I didn't think that it hit and whatever. I mean, it, again, you're right. Like you can't, you can't stop on the play, but what's troubling to me is before that moment, you could go through a number of Buffalo's top defensemen that early in the game that had already committed very, very inappropriate passes in their own zone. And, you know, often that kind of sets the table for what's to come. And you know, the beauty of Dallin is he can always individually try to make up for such mistakes yeah. because he has the ta- I mean, yeah, he tried incredibly hard the rest yeah. of the night and statistically, you know, the game would reflect that. But boy, they have to, they have to be sharper defensively all through the three pairs. But so you're, you know, that first goal you're talking about, okay, so they stopped playing. You had multiple players within reach of Larkin. He still gets the shot off and and he scores. Yeah. The next one is a lost face off, which is fine because guess what? You're going to lose the draw at least 50% of the time. That's kind of the nature of the game, but it ended up being an extended sequence where the Red Wings had at least three shot attempts, maybe four and Buffalo couldn't, couldn't find a rebound. And no. then it just
3: kept working around and around and around, and eventually they scored. But again, and that's that, why I bring up the compete word. I'm like, great. okay, you're down one nothing. Like I'm going to compete five hundred percent. I'm going to go out there and and compete my 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 ass off because I have to. And
1: then in the second period, when you're on the penalty kill, you know, unfortunately Krebs had it on his stick, didn't clear it down. It it that's, ended up being yeah. in almost another fifty seconds, I think. It was 47
3: possession. seconds, I believe. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and I wrote it, was, it down. So, so it's just, these are so, and I get
3: it. The game, and then it's Rasmussen the on a breakaway derby. duffer, which oh is gosh. like, okay, come on now. Like we know you're okay. And and I look on the broadcast ear- earlier, they said, well, Skinner tried to play the, mm-hmm. the neutral position in the middle and he got burned by Rasmussen in the middle. I'm thinking Skinner was in the right position. He's taking the far. Pass to the wide side away. And unfortunately, then Ryan Callan singled it out after watching the replay. He says, Well, oh. The, the right defenseman, which was Connor Clifton in that play, got completely dragged behind his partner. How, who, had like, no,
1: I, who had no idea that he was behind him. And but then all why of a sudden are you following no
3: the guy on the blue Apparently. line all the way to the left side? No like, pass to. him off. It's yeah. like this is hockey one hundred and one. And then all of a sudden, Rasmussen is like, from a set breakout, I'm going to get that that breakaway. Like mm-hmm. that was so. You got four goals given up. That's four. Not like. Eh. I could see how it could be a mistake happening here and there. That's four big mistakes mm-hmm. that end up in the back of the net. So you say, oh, we're not lucky right now. Our big mistakes end up in the back of the net. It happened in St. Louis. We were playing well, yeah. but all our big mistakes ended up in the back of the net. And it happened against Nashville. Like, you know, it's a 2-1 game. We couldn't buy a goal, but the two big mistakes ended up in the back of the net. But, I mean, at some point now, like if it's the same broken record, mm-hmm. it's not the big mistakes. It's more than that.
1: Right, which is probably more to what Kyle was talking about off the top. And so, again, we're, you know, facing that same situation of physical, mental, both preparation changes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, yes, it's four games right now, but it's also 12. It's nine losses in 12, which is not a sustainable rate, obviously. You have now, uh I hate saying this, but you've now almost lost sight of the Red Wings. They're nine points ahead with two games in hand. Yeah. Also, You, you don't want to be losing track of teams this early, but the Red Wings are in a really, really, really good place. Ottawa's got six games in hand still on the Sabres, and Columbus should be tied with Buffalo, but they squandered a 3 nothing lead last night to the Almighty Kings, who now share Buffalo's record place with 10 straight road wins to start a season.
3: Yeah, the Kings with their comeback yesterday was pretty spectacular. But again, so now we go back to say, hey, you know, um, Don talks about the realities that, that it is that the Sabres are facing. Mm-hmm. I get it, right? You didn't have Thompson for the last nine games. And the last nine games went a direction you didn't want to go. I get it. You don't have Tuck. You don't have Greenway. You have had, you know... Uh, some, some issues defending some realities are setting in. The biggest reality of them all is the standings. The fact that right now right. you are 10 14 and two after 26 games. You're going to blink and the next 15 will have gone by yes. and you will be at the halfway point of the, because- ga- this season with 41 games played. And all of a sudden you're going to say, Oh my goodness, we are we have 37 points in 41 games. We're four games under 500. That would mean the Sabres would play 500 from now until the halfway of the season. Like mm-hmm. unless you go in and get on a run where you went, you're, you're 12 and two in the next 14, 12 and three in the next 15 to get to halfway point with a seven or eight games over 500 record. Like your reality is going to be one. That's going to be pretty dark. And so, Look, you asked me what's the bigger picture, and I said the starts are a big picture. The other big picture that I have, and yesterday was very evident, and I, again, against Nashville, I talked about it. How do you create offense? You got to get around the net, plays from behind the goal line, cycles and whatnot. The amount of times that the Sabres revert to, let's get the shot, the puck to the point and shoot it from the point. Like you look at the heat map, you go on natural stat trick and you look at the heat map, where the shot attempts are coming from. Mm -hmm. Detroit is all around the crease, all around the net, right? There's a big, big blue circle, dark blue right there around the net. Sabres have a little bit of red around the net, but they have a lot of yellow at the blue line. A lot of the shot attempts come from the blue line. I always say that's when you're you're at you're at the end of you're trying to create offense you're like well maybe we got to just get it to the point and get a point shot and hope that we get a bounce right like that's what the sabers are at right now offensively they are hoping to get a bounce last night five on five duffer sabers at 48 shot attempts 16 from their defense a third of your shot attempts came from the blue line last night at five on five look Dalene is scoring from the point. He scored again on the power play yesterday. Great. Scored, uh, you know, uh, the one the one game, uh, was it St. Louis? Yeah, St. Louis that made it 3-1. Good. Love it. But there's got to be other layers of your offense that are not just, let's get a point shot and we're going to create that way.
1: Right. And the point shot was uh, wildly unsuccessful in the final minute by Daleen that led to the empty net goal, which negated what, you know, it, Marty, they... They um were afforded a six on four for the final two minutes because of the high sticking penalty that netted yeah. Wallman a twenty five hundred dollar fine for his uh stick check up on Skinner's head. Um jaw, face, they, cheek, they neck. got one <laughs> they got one shot in the final two minutes. Yeah. And it's not and, it, it's not like and, and Considering how the the period had gone, that's hard to believe because, you know, you look at where, well, like you were
3: saying, like where, where you can get the goals from. um, Gotta sage the locker room, Duffer. As Shana would say, gotta sage the locker room right now because Dylan Cousins get a perfect rebound in the slot, right? And he just said last game, quote after the game, I get paid a lot of money to score goals. I got to bury my chances. Mm-hmm. Like in the game before was we're playing soft. We're getting bullied. We need more F you in our game. All of that. He gets a puck. So shot, miss, whatever, rebound. Um, Thompson shot, rebound, Skinner, Skinner is on a, a on the goal line. He doesn't have the angle. He tries, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's going to catch something, hits the outside of the net, gets it back to the front. Cause he's got that shot. It gets blocked by Mo Sider, but I'm thinking like a confident Dylan Cousins. It's not six inches off the ice. It is bar down. It's hitting the back bar. Like, you know, you got to elevate, you know, you got to get that at the top of the net. So right there, like Dylan had an opportunity squeezing the sick and not Mm -hmm. getting that, that, that look, at least get it on net and maybe create a rebound or getting top top bar down like that's the difference in the game
1: right and that's why I was surprised though that Darlene opted for the shot attempt that he did that got blocked and ended up being the empty netter that you had you had you know and Don said it I mean he he felt there was a backdoor option there um and it's just not a I don't know I just it it was it was starting to make a play happen yeah but pressing
3: again i think dolls is like
1: but it's weird though because he's the last guy that presses he's the most patient person out there so that's why it seemed unnecessary and then, obviously he's dealing with stuff and he's got a lower body issue so he's not practicing today yeah. um but it, again it, it's a microcosm i guess for where they're at that that their best possession player their best overall player has a moment like that in six on four at the end, you know, when they desperately needed something different as far as creativity,
3: you know, to, to get around it. And what'd you I, think I, of them? um Like face off in the offensive zone Yeah, on the power play right. waiting until you win the draw to pull the goalie. What'd you think I, about I'm that? I'm not
1: one to comment because um it's, you played it. So I would let you comment first.
3: So the first time I thought, Okay. Good idea. It's the start of the power play. You have a full two minutes. If they win the draw and they dump it down and by some miracle, it would be a dump on net and it would be the, the empty net goal that would kind of not seal it, but it would make it five three and it's harder. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I, I can see it. And look, they win the draw. Goalie comes out. You have possession. You attack. I, I like the, 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 the. The creativity in that situation. The second one, now I'm like, okay, now you got to put pressure. And if you, because you don't have 30 seconds to waste if they dump it out, even if they right. miss the net, you don't have that 20, 30 seconds. The second one, I always said, get six on the ice. And if you lose the draw, you better have three guys going. That Detroit defenseman that's going to get the puck will have three blue jerseys on him. Right. So I, but I, I think Don Granado's still coaching. Like the fact that he was trying something different to not give the game away, but like usually you see the goalie being pulled right there. He's still coaching, he's still on the boards. They, they, you know, they get the penalty, gets everybody together. Let's go. This is what we're gonna do. You got two angles, he's pointing, he's he's making gestures, he's he's trying to give them like the tools or whatnot. So I don't like my my big thing right now is. The decision making by the guys and the compete level. Those are the two big things that are that are big question mark, uh, you know, in the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, three weeks here and actually all season for that matter.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Hit us up at Sabres live on Twitter, um, whatever's on your mind. I believe Razor's is going to be with us at the bottom of the hour here um, as far as. You know, more from last night and I, nobody wants silver linings at this point, but I would partly because I'm never on anymore. So I feel like I should mention this, but, uh, um, I loved, um, love being in quotations. Um, I thought I, if I was, like I said on the podcast the other day, Marty, Zach Benson had his best game. There's no question Isaac Roseanne had his best game last yes. night. Yes. Yes let that be a significant learning tool for him to realize that he's got two tenths of a second more in every situation. than he realizes this is the R2 Ritzalainen effect from a couple of years ago when he said, Oh, I actually have more time than I think I do. You know, because you, you, all you ever hear is this, this, this frenetic pace, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Well, the good players get themselves in a position where they can take a breath Release the puck, pick their spot. And Roseanne was close last night. He had three glorious opportunities. So and his numbers were really good. It wasn't just those looks and then hemmed in defensively. No, 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 no. Like he was he was six high danger chances four, one against. Like he 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 had an ability to find open ice. And that to me is super encouraging. And Benson also did likewise, was very much in in a proper place over the course
3: of a game. So I asked uh, uh, Roseanne yesterday, right? When we had him on the show, I asked him about having more time, the difference. And he said, his response was actually pretty interesting. He says, I feel like I have more time in the defensive zone. When I get the puck on the wall, I have a lot more time than I think about. So so again, and who the it was guy
1: last year that was really good at that.
3: Jack On the Quinn. wall,
1: Jack Quinn, oh remember, yes, remember he was really he... good,
3: but again, you have to
1: you have to be skilled enough and confident enough in your own abilities to recognize that to then make the play, and that's yes. what that's what Seth Appert has been saying about Roseanne all along was don't worry about thirty goal score or this that, he understands it, and that's why he's able to do the stuff he does, so I, I like this, but again, it's now, okay, well, how do you you a <laughs> You're not banking on these guys scoring, but you also need somebody else to score. So I, I would just keep increasing their minutes, quite frankly, if, if the overall metrics
3: kind of stay in the place where they are. Like I, when so- I said when they put. Roseanne, Byro and Olufsen together. I felt like there was an energy to that line that worked because before that it was Byro on the line with, I think it was Jost and Olufsen and it was Roseanne with Krebs and Oposo. And then they decide, let's put Jost with Krebs and Oposo. And actually Jost has had some, some looks and he had that one goal against, uh, Carolina. I believe that was when, uh, after Krebs was on the breakaway and got the poke check, but. When they all of a sudden you had Roseanne Bayro and Olifson together, there was a different energy. And I, I like it. And then we talked about that with Roseanne and Kulik, right? If you're gonna call them up, do you put them together? They they got called up, they were on separate lines, but I think there's a youthful energy to it, and maybe uh uh I don't want to say a naivety or being naive about the situation, but you just go out and play. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. You just go out and play. Oh, which by the way, duffer last night. I know we had the Sabres game. There was a, the use bowl, the use brothers were playing, but there's also Kristen Sinclair, right? The Canadian soccer women's like great. That was in our last game. And I watched an interview with her about how she was when she was 16 and just joined the, the, the national team. And she said, for me, it was like playing hockey on my spare uh, playing hockey, playing soccer on my spare time. I was in high school and I played on the national team on my spare time. And I tried to carry that with me my whole career. And that's what I think Roseanne now is feeling. Like he's it's like, I'm playing in the NHL. That's almost like found money right now. It is because he's getting paid more, but it's almost found money because he's like, I'm playing in the NHL and I'm gonna just go out and play. That's that's different than the pressure that some of the guys are feeling, I'm sure.
1: Right, and there's immense pressure, undoubtedly, going into Boston tomorrow with Rasmus Dalene's status unknown, dealing with a lower body injury. The team is gathering more info. Uh Jacob Bryson, of course, practiced in his place today. I, I would dare say that uh, regardless of Dalene's status, it might be time to get Bryson in just to, you know, take some of the guys out on the bottom six and, and reset again. I know we've seen a little bit of that. we've seen, <laughs> we've seen a lot of everything with that group because it's been seven, it's been six, it's been different sixes. It's been, di- you know, but I, 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 there's obviously a lot of focus and we, this was 15 minutes ago in our discussion, how all three pairs were responsible or irresponsible in some plays early in the game, which set a yep. very poor tone, you know, and, and you can't have that. So they're still searching here. And I was mildly surprised, I guess, um, when they practiced this morning with, um, with Thompson back on the uh, the line with Middlestad and Skinner, simply because I thought when they adjusted to put Paterka there uh, later in the game last night, um, I thought it worked well, well enough.
0: What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Game two tomorrow in his return from injury, but they are still, without talking Greenway, Gergensons, and Quinn. Yeah. At least Jack was you know, in the mix today as a placeholder. More, you know, He's about a month away in best-case scenario here to returning to action, but uh, I'm sure for him just to be able to take line rushes in practice is a significant step.
3: It's a significant step, and it's always good to have that energy because Jack Quinn is going to have this uh, beginning of the season training camp type of energy every time he steps on the ice right now because everything is new, everything's positive, and it's great to see him being able to take rush right line rushes mm-hmm. and be part of a full practice. So that's going to be good. He's got to be sick of doing the just skating by himself as well. So that's that's really good. Um, You know what we we talked a lot about four letter words, right? Pace. Uh, you know, and all of that. A few weeks ago, Um, I came up with a few eleven-letter words that I was thinking in my mind, and it was just by, you know, just like that, it happened. I was like, I'm I'm, put, I'm writing words down, and I'm like, wait a second, that's the same. It's the same length of words on my piece of paper. It must be the same amount of of letters, right? Yeah. Consistency. When you talk about consistency, right now the consistency is the wrong way. You're consistently making mistakes and and all of that. Like consistency can be a positive work could also be a negative word. And Mm -hmm. so right now, the consistency is not there in the the positive plays. You end up having a good 10 minutes in a period, a good third period, and there's never that consistency. That's one. And I'm sure it's frustrating. So that's another 11-letter word. It's frustrating for everybody. And the last one, because of me, it still comes down to goaltending. And sometimes you need that that wall that's being put up. And obviously UPL is still sick. So he's the guy that has been provided that. So the Sabres have got to do with, you know, if Comrie goes tomorrow, if Levi goes tomorrow. um, well, Who would you play? I would play Levi. I would play Levi just, just because I think, you know, I think Eric has been beating himself down a lot lately. He had that game, um, you know, where he wasn't happy with his, with his performance against Carolina and said it was him, it was him. And then yesterday he still had the scrambles going and the body language was tough. And so I I would go with Levi tomorrow, um, if that was me, but I've been wrong about starting goaltenders for a year and a half now. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go the other way. More than a year and a half. Thanks for my consistency has been bad on the picking of the goalie. So like, thank how long you. have we
1: been together? We're two and a half into this now. I think you and I on this show. So, yeah. well, but in some cases, it's best to forget some yes. of the er- early memories. So.
3: <laughs> so that's what I did as a goalie. I gave up three goals <laughs> in the first five minutes. Best to forget because you got another flurry of shots coming. You better stop those.
1: Yeah unfortunately uh Arvid Soderblom didn't stop any in the shootout last night against Nashville. Wow. Did that was predators... also my
3: problem. Oh, I my couldn't gosh. stop anything in the shootout.
1: So the predators have a top line of Nyquist Forsberg and O'Reilly, and all three of them scored in the shootout to, to defeat Connor Bedard last night, who by the way is one for one in his shootout career in the nhl but uh another victory for the predators sabers try to get that win tomorrow in boston we encourage you to sign up for learn to play not for you specifically presumably for your kids age four to nine and you will receive head-to-toe hockey equipment for that child and six weeks of on-ice instruction from certified coaches you can join today at sabers.com slash learn to play rob ray learn to play it's all next on sabers live Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. His legacy within the game is marked by his King Clancy Award decades ago. He continues to give back to the community by not offering his face, but only his voice on this day here on Sabres Live. His (laughs) name is Rob Ray as he gets set to head out of town. Hi, Razor. How are you? Well, were you taking
2: some witty pills when uh, you were out there or what? That was pretty
1: good. I've taken a lot, as you can imagine, of just about everything. But, yeah, I'm good. Nice to hear you, too. Yeah, great.
3: Razor, um, I listened to you and Dan on the radio in the third period, and uh, at one point you were like, uh, you know, this is, like, not going well. And, obviously, it was not going well. It was 4-1, but it didn't look like you're like, they just need to go out and just – push a little bit and push a little bit. And then it started happening. But from from where you were standing on the press box yesterday, what was the difference between when they pushed late and got a couple of goals to make it 4-3 and when they weren't and just kind of disappeared for uh, a good part of the game?
2: Well, I think a, a good part of the game, they've get the puck and they've kind of, Maybe take a stride and start looking and standing and watching and trying to figure out, uh, you know, where to move the puck. Instead of, you know, we talk about playing fast. Get it and get going up the ice. And I think they had more success when they got it. And bang, they just started going up the ice, started gaining the zone, and then started to figure it out when they get there. There was so many times last night where you got the puck on the half wall and they'd start moving up. There was nothing there. Go back into the zone again and try to regroup to come back up or just you know, slowly go through the neutral zone. That's not their game. That's not their team. Their team is built around speed, and, and I don't think they were utilizing it enough. And When they did, they started, you know, opening up Detroit and creating some chances. I, I don't think, uh, you know, goaltending was that great last night for them that, you know, I think if we had a little more pressure on them, you know, earlier in the game, it's it's an, it's another situation where it's a totally different story. I think very similar to St. Louis.
1: What did you think of Tage in his return?
2: I thought he was good. Uh, you know, I, going through a broken thumb before, I, I knew it, that it was going to be tough on him, uh, only because not only the the pushing and shoving and the battling and you're always putting pressure on your thumb, the shooting, uh, you know, even catching passes, the the stick vibrates, comes up through your hand, and, you know, it. it's going to hurt for a while. And I thought he did an excellent job. Anytime he had an opportunity to take a shot, it seemed like it was you know, close to where it should be and didn't hesitate from taking a shot. So I thought he was fantastic.
3: Razor, the game is different in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four than it was in nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four. It's thirty years ago, but um what are some of the the lessons and the experience that you have from going through some hard times and and the conversations in the locker room and the practices that follows those those games when you you the compete is not where your coaches or your GM or your front office wants it to be at. Um, what what usually follows that in the locker room? These players only meeting, these tough practices. Like from your experience, what what are we to expect now for the Sabers the next few weeks here as they try to bounce back?
2: Well, we always talk about the player meetings, the closed door after the games, and that, and you know, they I think they have an effect at times but it's not something that's going to work all the time. Um, I think bottom line, it's, it's when, you, when you're when you starting to get into that position and, and things like this start to happen, it's you, A, individually as a player, just just take a quick look in the mirror and, and just talk to yourself and say, what what is my job? What am I supposed to do? What am I here for? And maybe just worry about what you're doing and not worry about everything else that's going on. Just worry about you. And I think so many times when you just kind of, dummy it down a little bit and i'll go what am i not doing or what am i doing that uh is not right or wrong then you know you it it starts there because it's it's every individual in there it's going to be something different so it's kind of hard to have a mass meeting and cover everybody oh we're not working hard enough we're not ready we're not this we're not that well it comes down to the individual so i I think Mm -hmm. each one of them need to kind of a point the finger at themselves a little bit, but but also have that honest talk with themselves and going, what, what do I got to do different? And I think that's probably to me what I've got out of them over the years. Short term, sometimes those those player meetings, yeah, or a coach coming in, or you know, a, a heavy skate or something to to get guys' attention. That's that stuff. Short term. The long term stuff is when you're honest with yourself.
1: You know what is identical to 1993-94 is the media guide headshot for Jacques Martin now that he <laughs> is back with the Ottawa Senators as an advisor to their coaching staff. That news today, Razor, did that send a chill through you given your previous uh, relationship with Jacques? Hey,
2: I, Jacques Martin, whatever, he's accomplished what he's accomplished in the game, but I, I never got along with him. And I don't know if it was just, got along with. I think it was more we just had different philosophies on things. You know, Jacques was a very structured guy, and he believed that structure wins championships. And, you know, I think when I was there the first time, it was like, I don't know if I'd been on the ice with that amount of talent all at once, like individual talent. And that first year, we are in Game 7 in the conference final against Jersey. And he didn't like Anybody question anything? I just said to him one day, the day before the game, I said, Jock, do you ever think about just letting these guys go play? Like this is the most talented group of guys just saying, Hey guys, go play your game. Go play the way that got you to the NHL and gave you so much success to this point. Just go play. And he looks at him and he goes, nope, structure wins, structure wins. And I'm like, okay. So I, I just think that sometimes in, in coaches, things change over time. And you have to be able to adapt with them. You have to, you know, obviously A, understand the player you have and, and develop a a scheme to play around almost each individual. I think that's why you have the four lines because every line's going to, responsibility is probably something different. Um, I, I just, I don't, just don't know if Jacques to the point or maybe he is now that he can, that he can, uh, you know, maybe understand the modern gay guy and, and, you know, get to know the guy and understand the coaching philosophies now.
3: He did a good job in Pittsburgh, right? When uh, he was an assistant with Mike Sullivan, they wanted to come there. Wasn't so maybe calling the shots
2: there, Marty. he wasn't calling the shots. No, I know. There. That's what I'm
3: saying. Like he's not calling the shots in Ottawa either. He's a, he's yeah. a special not advisor, yet. but not yet. Um, um, I don't think that they would put Jacques Martin <laughs> behind the bench in Ottawa. Like I, uh, that would be taking some steps backwards, but I know who knows. Uh, hey, listen, last night was also a big night for the Hughes family. As Jack, Quinn, and Luke were playing on the same, uh, ice, uh, you know, New Jersey was in Vancouver. They combined for six points. Now, this is pretty amazing. The Stastny brothers did it over 40 times in the NHL, combining for six points in a game. Now they were on the same line. So if one guy <laughs> scored, usually there was assists and assists, but like that's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, how many times, uh, do you think Razor that, uh, when these two, teams play if they're all staying with the same club how many times will they combine for six points in their careers
2: I, it may happen quite a bit marty uh are three pretty special players and i think the bigger difference between the hughes and the stats two of them are d and that's that's a big difference yeah. too so you're not usually collecting quite as much uh, offensively as, as what the forwards are so uh, it, it's that's pretty impressive stat uh, that you'd be what Quinn was the only one that didn't score. He's kind of get left out there, but he's kind of leading the way out of the group. But uh, that would be a, a pretty neat night for the family and the guys, the the brothers, I would think. You know, win, lose, it, it was a special night for them. So I think it's cool as heck. You know, I, it, you know how hard it is? We all know how hard it is to make it to the NHL, and you can pump three kids into the NHL, and you're doing something right.
1: And potentially win three trophies this year, which is unreal. I mean, or more. I mean, you know, yeah. you could have an MVP. If, I mean, if if Jack stays healthy the rest of the way, you know, based on points per game and whatever, he he could easily catapult himself into that mix. Quinn, of course, could also be in the in the Hart mix and the Norris mix, and of course, Luke is in the Calder mix. So it's pretty. It it is pretty crazy. And and then I think the beauty for the game, Marty, is the fact that. And this isn't always the case in any sporting event, but last night lived up to the hype. Yeah. It was a six-five beautiful thing to watch right down to the final minute when the Devils get the road go-ahead goal for the win. Like it was it was awesome.
3: No, it is awesome. Um Razor, do you remember when um Keith and Wayne Primo got in that fight? Did you guys talk about it a lot? uh beforehand or after the fact that uh, you know you got a couple of brothers that are dropping the gloves and going at it. last week we had matthew Kachuk, brady Kachuk, florida and ottawa there was some scrums everybody's going after one another um that was it talked a lot when the primos got in that fight
2: yeah yeah i know wayne was pretty upset about it he uh he was very very upset about it after the game that it actually happened and, and what he was upset about is his his parent, he, he kept saying, Hey, my parents didn't raise us to be like this to each other. They didn't raise us like this. And when it happened, it, it, it really bothered them a lot. And I get it. I get it. It was, you know, that's just the way you're, you're, you are as a family, close knit and you probably never fought. I don't know how you'd never fought coming up through having, you know, two brothers close in age. So, but yeah, yeah, he, he had a hard time with that one. I'll tell you that, uh, you know, that night and it wasn't because the fight it was more because he thinks he i thought he thinks he disappointed his parents because they got in the fight so and then uh keith on the other side by the listening to it i don't think it really bothered him he thought it was because he was a little older a little more mature at that time that it was it was more of a a joke to him
1: yeah um razor you're off to boston what do you want to see from the sabers at the drop of the puck tomorrow against the bees Uh They got
2: to be ready, Tupper. If they're not ready here tomorrow against this team in this building, it's going to be, it can be, or could be a very long night. And you know, I, I it goes back to the individuals getting yourself ready to go. Like I always say, coach can lay out any game plan he wants, tell the guys prepare them in any given way. The second these guys step on the ice, it's their show. So they have to make sure individually they're ready to go here because this could turn into another long night if they're not.
1: Thank you, Razor. Safe travels. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Take care. There is Rob Ray. And it is um it is a daunting challenge, Marty. I mean, my goodness. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we yeah. know what the recent results have been after last year's New Year's Eve win yep. over the Boston Bruins. Um, the last three have been very lopsided in the Bruins favor head to head here. And- so
3: and the I mean, Sabres just beat the Rangers last week. And look, it can happen. And that's the frustrating part: is like you can beat a good team, and then all of a sudden you can kind of have that that momentum in a way, kind of just look, you know, put on the handbrake and like completely stop here. And that's the 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 thing. You may need that game against Boston to to hope to jumpstart something moving forward. You got the Canadians on Saturday, like mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadians. Um, and the red hot Coyotes on Monday. And the coyotes like, on Monday. You're right. Like it. Look, these are not easy games. I'm I'm not saying Boston is the hardest of the, uh, hardest of the three, but like you can jumpstart something nice over the next three games, or it could definitely slide away from you very very quickly.
1: I had to laugh um, during the broadcast last night on ESPN. um mentioned three teams that have really captured his attention with their play this year. It, which included Arizona in the three, and then Callahan immediately followed up by saying, "Yeah, and how about the Yotes?" Oh. <laughs> and uh, so I was thinking about how you and I don't hear each other, and hey. uh, I wish Pujagras hey. had come back and said, "Yeah, and Arizona
3: too." <laughs> that happened not only then, but that happened in the intermission or in the post game when Kevin Weeks said something about the Yotes being like seven and one or something, the last eight or something that'd affect, and then the host goes. And the Yotes are 7-1 and in their last eight, like right after. I was like, man, that happens all the time. Like, I'm not the only one that does this. Thank (laughs) God.
1: (laughs) It is definitely a thing uh, between us and uh, between many, apparently. We'll wrap up Sabres Live with a lot more. So stick around here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Like Tage Thompson, I'm trying to get my timing back here. I hope it's been reasonable on the show, Marty. Um, great. Oh, there's that use of that word again.
3: Oh, Unnecessary.
1: Yeah. But uh um, you haven't
3: sucked, so it's been great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did go back and watch the end of the podcast just to see whether that actually made any sense. And good job by you, imitating <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. So um Bring a little more of that to the show. I'm sure okay, I'll, I'll
3: will, watch a bunch of them. Yes. I'm
1: sure Howard will appreciate that tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So does Howard get a win tomorrow in his swan song as host of. Well, Saber's yeah, Tonight?
3: I would, I would, I would hope so. Uh, you know, for, for a couple of things, just to have something good to talk about for the team to get back in the winning ways and, um look because it's boston too there's a little internal rivalry maybe not within the locker room but for the fan bases and don't like the boston bruins don't like brad marchand so yeah i really hope that the uh the, the first 10 minutes like that's all i want to see effort compete like just go out hard in the first 10 minutes
1: so you mentioned levi would be your choice mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen tomorrow
3: well, I mean, if I didn't believe in my own choice, I would be in trouble. I think I think it's going to be Levi. Look, he got to play a couple of games with Rochester over the weekend, so it's not like he hasn't played in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think that you could probably build some energy uh, with Levi getting the call, hey, listen, let's get a game. That doesn't mean that when UPL is healthy and back from sickness that Levi wouldn't go back to Rochester. Probably he would go back to Rochester, c- continue to play. But let's see if this... Like, helped maybe his confidence. Play a couple of games in Rochester, play well, come in, play a game, and then see if you can build a little confidence. Because at some point, you'll probably go back to Rochester and have to continue developing that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, well, the Amherst obviously have uh, more than enough in the way of goaltending <laughs> to yeah, get through do. on Friday night in their home game uh, against Charlotte. But uh, it's, I would say, increasingly likely that Levi's not going to be the starter there
3: on Friday. Based on how things are with the Sabres, there's no need. Like if he's if UPL is still sick, let's him doesn't make the trip to Boston because there's really no need for that. Uh, Focus on Saturday night, maybe Montreal. There's no need for Levi to back up or play Thursday night and then rush to Rochester. Right, it's the long game here. Let's not rush anything.
1: Right. Um, Well, speaking of the long game, which will become the short game very quickly because the NHL is uh, abandoning its longstanding draft plan let's get into fill in the blank and we will do so with a question tailored exactly to you marty blank best summarizes the nhl's draft plans in vegas
3: expensive best summarizes the nhl <laughs> and i think gary bettman uh, addressed that he said it's gonna be very costly you go to the sphere it's not just for like hey let's do you a favor we're gonna rent it out oh it's a lot of money but Maybe the last in-person draft for all the teams you want to go out with a bang. And then after that, it will be decentralized, kind of like the NFL and the NBA. So um, I don't like the idea because I like having everybody on the draft floor and seeing it. But I can see as a, as a scout, as an organization that you want to have some really good conversation and not everybody listen to them like five feet away at the next like lunch table like in high school cafeteria.
1: I can't stop laughing about it, though, because the whole idea of decentralization would be to reduce costs. So in the final ever yeah, exactly. draft, you're going to spend 10 years of budgets at draft time. And like,
3: when are you going to recoup this? I just anyway, it's it'll cost a lot of money to attend. That's probably where they're getting the money. That's Yeah. Well, good luck to them. Yes, as
1: they say. Um <laughs> Blank will be. Oh, Let me preface this. Yes. Taylor Swift is the 2023 time person of the year. Yeah, I couldn't be happier, quite frankly, and I couldn't agree more. But blank will be times 2024
3: person of the year. There's only one answer to that. It's Travis Kelsey. If he stays with Taylor Swift until next year, he (laughs) will win the award because he would have done probably the longest relationship with the 2023 times person of the year. So Travis Kelsey... I think he's got the 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 best odds to win the 2024 person of the year.
1: Dohei Otani will take the field
3: next for the blank. Uh, the Blue Jays. I want it so bad. I, I want him to be a Blue Jays.
1: You're going to be head to toe in Jays gear if that happens. We'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live.